When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. WA's Novated Leasing Specialist can save you thousands on your dream car. Fleetnetwork.com.au Right around Western Australia on SEN. It's Scotty and Goss for breakfast with Scott Cummings and Tim Gossage. Six. It is a Friday morning and we are on your radio for the next two hours. We're in the Toolkit Depot open line studio, 13, 12, 55. Well, we know Gilly only does 30 weeks a year. We know that Scotty Cummings, he's in Melbourne. He's landed and he's over there for the Derby Day Cup a Week uh, Melbourne Racing. And one man who takes more holidays than anyone I know, but has managed to find his way into the studio to come off the bench. Ladies and gentlemen, would you please make welcome West Coast Eagles 200 gamer, Brad Shepard! And he's come in with all his resources, not a single piece of paper, no man bag, no paper, no pen, but he's come in with a font of knowledge. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for the introduction. Yeah, that, that was one of the biggest build-ups that uh, I've ever heard of myself. So it's great to be in the studio. And, geez, it would be nice to be over in the spring carnival. Oh, but what a week of racing it is in Melbourne at the moment. Mind you, it's going to be wet. Yeah. Well, that's not good for the cricket tonight either. It's going rain. <laughs> it's not bad. A lot of those effects. Oh, yeah, no, I know. Plenty of those. Stand yes, uh, the cricket tonight. So, Mate, what a what a game it's turned out to be. Both sides have to win to well, make it into the it's tournament. Good that, well, it's good because I think Australia would be happy to get through this one because England's still got to play New Zealand. And Australia have got some of the easy beats. So I, I, if it rains out and they get a point each, we know that it will come down to 100% England having to beat New Zealand to advance. Is there any easy beats now in T20 cricket? Yeah, there's a couple. Well, Zimbabwe. Oh. Yeah, last night you you at Zimbabwe, Pakistan. Yeah, good point. You, you would have thought that was an easy beat. Yeah, good point. Pressure. I was here last night. I got out of the ground at 10 past 11, uh, and there was only 6,500 in the stadium, but anyone would have thought there was 100,000. It was an amazing atmosphere, and the little cricket country of Zimbabwe, I described them as a minnow in the commentary, probably shouldn't have said that because I think they're bigger than that, but they beat Pakistan, and Pakistan are now... Well, they're gone. They're done. They can't. Get, they won't get through uh, because India have got four points, Zimbabwe have got three, and South Africa have got three. So, um, yeah, incredible game of cricket last night coming off the last ball. And we have a thing at SEN is you don't throw to your own highlights. <laughs> right? I've never heard that, actually. I've tried to throw it whenever I can, <laughs> any opportunity. <laughs> because you get picked up and you appear on the Saturday Off the Bench show for self, um, a third person self-congratulating. Um, but I have no issues with throwing to my own highlights because, let me tell you, I called last night's game. Now, I, now a lot of our listeners wouldn't know who Thank you. Because it didn't finish till late. But I was sitting alongside Brad Hogg 
And I don't know about you with TikTok. Are you on TikTok? Negative. Okay. So I've got a text this morning from the boss, the big hutch. He said, mate, gone viral. Over 200,000 views on Twitter. So many hundreds of thousands of likes and dislikes and retweets and comment retweets. But I've gone viral on TikTok. And I don't know what, I know what TikTok is, but I don't know how to download it and I have no interest in downloading it. But can we play the long version, please, the final ball? Can we give myself one minute 23? So this was last night with one ball to go on SEN Cricket. And this is me doing my best, my best stuff. Basically, Pakistan's tournament, World Cup, is hanging on this ball. They lose, they're done. Evans in, right arm around the wicket. Balls, the ball is cupped. They've got to come back. They've got to run. They show to the keeper's end. Zimbabwe, he drops it. He gets it back. Zimbabwe win. Zimbabwe have won and Pakistan have been rolled in Perth. The party's on for Zimbabwe. Pakistan are in total devastation. They keep their World Cup alive and Pakistan are pointless. Brad Hogg. There it was, and Hoggy then came in over the top with, uh, well, he brought it down to Hogg level, which was fantastic, and he did a great job. It was great to be, it was great to watch, and uh, and I did blow a foofa valve, so I do apologise. Well, there's no reason. Now the explanation is real why there's only 6,500 people there. Why would you come to the cricket when you got yourself on SEN cricket in your living room at home? I'd rather be at home listening to that than, uh, than watching it live myself. Oh, stop it, Brad. Look, the bottom line is I got the message from Hutchie this morning. I was absolutely thrilled to get it, because normally I only get messages from Hutchie when I've done something wrong, but it was not. Nice to get a positive one. Uh, and it's just been fun to be involved in. And I certainly don't think that I came to the cricket last night and I'm coming off the bench to call the cricket. I'm no Jared Whiteley, I'm no Adam Gilchrist or, or Howie, whoever it may be. But I, I came to the game thinking, I want to get through and make this game. I want to make a silk purse out of a sow's ear. I wasn't expecting anything. It just delivered. It was a beautiful couple of hours to watch. Alongside Hoggy, who's, you know, they love him on the subcontinent. His knowledge was next level. And... Zimbabwe, this could be defining, defining as a nation in the world of cricket for them. They've come and gone. They've had financial troubles. They've had off-field troubles. But to come to Perth to beat Pakistan, who needed to win, and to deliver that result of the last ball was something that I'll remember for a long time to come. It was amazing. Yeah, well, I didn't actually get to see the game, but I watched the other night when the Australians played Sri Lanka, and the pitch itself was quite... Bouncy tennis ball, like Stoinis saw, you know, he got 50 odd, made it look conditions very easy. But looking at scores there, 130 runs scored. So what was the pitch like? Same itself? pitch. Same pitch. Same pitch. Bouncy, quick. Yeah, it was. It was um, just a little bit more off. Um, it was a little bit windy. Now, you've played at this venue. It was incredible. The wind yesterday afternoon was, it was actually a chilling breeze coming off, you know, uh, the sea breeze. It was blowing a gale around three o'clock. When you're at ground level, can you give us a perspective? Do you feel the wind at all, even if it's blowing a gale? You do. It's quite swirly. So there's, there's sections of the ground where, um, through the grandstand as well, especially when the Fremantle doctor comes in, um, yeah, yeah, there is a fair uh, wind, I guess, in some aspects of the ground, disadvantage to, to others. But it's not consistent throughout the whole 
whole uh, whole entirely of the ground. It's yeah. uh, different pockets. The middle middle itself generally is pretty pretty calm. If you can think, think of this, the wind tunnels around the pockets swirly, but the middle of the okay. ground itself seems to. Uh, be like a haven from the wind. Okay, well, that was interesting because I was I would have thought that would have been the exposed area, but you're right. Probably the way the shape of the stadium and it probably goes around the outside, it's almost like a merry-go-round, but I thought that would affect which uh, hitting the ball into the western end or the Rottnest Island end uh, to the right of screen would have been difficult. There, were, there weren't a lot of sixes. In fact, there may have been one or two at the most. A lot of boundaries. The outfield was exceptionally quick, but there was a bit of, uh, there was a bit of pace, but there was... 147 was the, the quickest ball, but Stoinis made it look like it was seriously like a road the other night. It was the, the incredible innings, along with Coley, the best innings of the competition. As you alluded to, because it is a, a football AFL ground, the it's quite the boundaries square of the wicket. The quite uh, quite large, but if you can master to hit straight, mm. that's where yeah, you can true. capitalize your shots. But bowlers these days, the amount of resources in doing the, the knowledge and where the bowl, everyone's bowling short of a length. So it's very difficult now to, unless you're very good off the back foot, to get it over the ropes or you have extreme power like the Stoinis. Yeah, no doubt. So uh, look, there was four sixes. Thank you, boys. Three from Pakistan and one from Zimbabwe. Brad Evans hit that one. Hey, if you... Um uh, watch the game, listen to the game. Uh, if you want to go to SEN Cricket and have a look at the highlights or hear the highlights, please do. Uh, Shep, uh, Mike says, welcome to you, Mike from Palmyra. You have an ex- you have to experience on this day in Tim Gossip, um, which is a segment. Yep. I don't know if you know what Tim Gossip is, but it's, it's we try and keep it uh, above the belt. We don't like to go for scurrilous rumours. There's enough of that going around. Uh, last night, $160 million, let me tell you. Another another segment. Last night we had our ticket in the draw. We've got money. First prize and one West Australian, 53.3 million. There were three 53.3333 million dollar winners last night. Be nice. We won ten dollars eighty. That's a win. Yeah, well, it's not because the ticket cost me 24. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, uh, yeah, it'd be nice to win the 53 at some stage. And they were gettable numbers. So, you know, there's things, you know, there's, so there's birthday lotto, right? Yep. So anything more than, so birthday numbers in lotto are 31 and below. People play birthdays, they don't play 32 because there's no such thing as, that's right. So last night's numbers. Two, four, seven, ten, twelve, eighteen, thirty-four. They're all just gettable numbers. Thirty-four is the only non-birthday. But you know, like two, four, seven, eight, twelve, ten, eighteen, and the power ball. So a number came down, and the, when the balls dropped, seven was there and was also backed up with a power ball. I love how you just simplified in retrospect how easy it is to win the lotto. <laughs> Out of the amount of thousands and thousands of people bought lotto tickets, there's three winners. One hundred and forty-three. To one, 143 million to one. Yeah, million. So, yeah, absolutely. If you can pick it that easy, then I'll, I'll, I'll go hard with your next ticket because I think it's very, very difficult. And I'd love to know your betting strategy. Is it to power pick? So, ten dollars a time, as opposed to trying to get as many numbers. Obviously, you've got to fork out a little bit more. Yeah, and try and so swing it that way. Up. Yeah, your your system. systems are up, but you need a, a bigger syndicate to do so. But you have a power pick, which is your guarantee because you need the power ball to get first division. You can get all the numbers you like, but if you don't have the power ball and there's only one power ball, so you go power pick, which guarantees you power ball. That's the strategy. But normal everyday lotto, like Saturday night lotto, you have a systems eight, or if you want to branch out, go systems nine. Because what happens is if you get division two, you get it 
multiple times, and then you get Division 4 and Division 5. So you get all the divisions below with all the combinations of numbers, like a quartet or a first four in racing. Yep. Do you understand how that's working? I do, I do. Right. Hey, big show coming up. Um, there's a lot of me in this show. I don't know if you've been listening regularly, but... Um, I'm it's... the king. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> on this day, Tim Gossip, Goss Lotto. What else? What other segments am I running here on this show? Uh, anyway, we do have Brett Patton coming to the studio. He's Tennis West CEO because today, this morning... <laughs> Yeah, very shortly, we're going to find out whether Nick Kyrgios is coming to Perth for a big tennis tournament. It's going to be launched today, $23 million United Cup teams event. So Hopman Cup, no longer. United Cup, Kyrgios, Djokovic, Wundal Khan, Brett Patton is the a former tennis ace himself. Do you like how that's ace? It's a terminology in tennis. You're on fire, aren't you? Yeah. Two from two. Have we got Gilly on the show? Have we really? I didn't see that in the rundown. Gilly's joining us after seven. He sits there normally for 30 weeks a year. Yeah, just uh, just upgraded, haven't you? <laughs> well, no. Bit of individual brilliance. <laughs> well, yes, we have. From, Boy, am I impressive. We have, we have from Camo, <laughs> who's over there. And two boys in the studio. Whackity, whack, whack. All right, enough now, okay? No, actually, I like, can we play that one again? Whackity, whack, whack. That's a bit of cricket commentary from the other night. <laughs> I bet you haven't heard wackety whack whack. That's three from three, Goss. <laughs> Darcy Jones, he's a young man from Swan Districts, the helmet wearer. He's going to be one of the, I'd say he'd be, you know, a top 30 pick in the draft. He was exceptional over there um, at the Combine in Melbourne, and he is going to join us. Uh, Denver Granger Barris, or Barris, I wonder how he says his name, Barras or Barris. Is it spelled differently? Uh, yes, so Tommy's, Tommy's got, two. got two S's on him. Yeah, the that's right. So we're going to find from Denver, who played for Hawthorne. He's played a dozen games or so. He's going to join us as well. Uh, they're going to be in the studio. So plenty of opportunities. Um, Shep, Roy from Templestowe says, did you know that it's 2,918 hours and 44 minutes till Goss's birthday? I did not. Looks like uh, Roy's got a bit on his hands at the moment. Um, to, is, is, that a, is that a stat that you've been spruiking? Every, well, every... Yesterday is officially four months till my birthday. To okay. Day. Okay. You're looking forward to it? Is it a big milestone, is it? Nah, 58. Do I look 50 to you? Do I look 58? Don't look, look at me and go, be honest. Honestly, you don't look a day over 58. <laughs> I haven't got there yet. 57, <laughs> 57 and change. Morning, Shepard Goss. Here's one for Tim Gossip. Bruno Fornaroli won't play for the Perth Glory again this season and is on the way out. Uh, our soccer men, we tried to get Bruno Fornaroli on because Bruno said in social media, and uh, Chris Clafunas, Special K, came in and did it in a sports update on Monday where they said, oh, he's out with um, some sort of injury. And he went, no, no, I'm all fine. I'm fit to play. So he's responded. So... It's got a little nasty. Why does soccer always get like that? It doesn't happen in other sports where a player gets left out and there's jousting and, and they they leave in controversial circumstances. It doesn't happen very much in any other sport, does it? Um, I'm sure it does. Not, yeah, but not publicly. It not, get probably not publicly. Out. The biggest one is publicly. Uh, I think, from my experience, players, players that aren't getting opportunity or being dropped for various reasons these days, they ask for a trade. And we've seen it in the trade period, but... It seems, especially soccer, yeah, there's uh, – whether there's more – it's more accepted or they because like, you see what, what's happened in the EPL. Like, you know, one of the greatest players of all time, Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah, good point. He sulked and, um, you know, he got sent to the sent to the bench or he actually walked into the chamber. Yeah, before the end of the game. Before the end of the game. That's pretty poor. Yeah, that's poor, absolutely. But it doesn't happen in any other sport apart from soccer. So it's it's a cultural – Issue, Goss. Good point, Brad Shepard. That's why we're paying you the big bucks to come and do breakfast. And Ben Simmons is another high 
example of not returning. So, yeah, you're probably right. Played that out. That's probably is the biggest as it's been in regards to real drama. But we're probably a little bit self-focused on it being an Australian. We probably wouldn't have cared. Uh, anyway, uh, let's go to this one. Enjoying the new lineup, boys. Gone full circle here. Rumour has it that Shep interviewed Goss for a Year 12 media project in 2008. Wow, who who sent that in? Well, a, do you recognise the number? Don't read it out, but do you recognise that number? Um, I do not. Seven nine one. Put it into your phone. Do we know who it is? Well, I reckon I, 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 reckon I did because I did a uh, media at, at year twelve uh, for my tertiary, uh, tertiary tertiary education, and uh, <laughs> one of the projects was to do a, a media a film, a short film, and I did it on AFL and commentary. And it might even you might even start in it. And I went to Subiac Oval and um, How did went, you go? Did you pass? Flying colours. Hey! Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well it's funny you should say that because another um player to have missed the grand final. Where was she even doing? Sorry. Oh geez. Sorry. Sorry. We're, we're, we're gone. Time. We've gone there. <laughs> right. <laughs> Nick Nat, right? I presented Nick Nat's graduation at high school in year 12 when the Western Front was on and they wanted someone, a guest presenter, and I presented all their um, graduation certificates and Nick Nat was one of them. What was he like in year, in, um, year 12? Was he still have his dreadlocks then? Was yeah, he... yeah he had the, but he had the short um, a pineapple uh, dreadlock, you know, the little... Oh, free, the, the little, little mop. The yeah. little mop on top of his yeah, head. It didn't yeah, have yeah. long dreadies, had short dreadies. Yep. Um, and Tony Knott, big knotty. Skinny Noddy, he was also, they graduated together. Governor Sterling, I think, can correct on the school. Um, but uh, it was funny because, may I just be self-indulgent, because I can be, uh, when Nick won the club champion, the Warsfold medal, he on stage said, it's amazing how we've come the full circle. When I graduated high school, Tim Gossage was there, and tonight I'm standing on the stage with Tim Gossage as I win the John Warsfold because I was presenting the night. Um, and he and you, and I'm glad to have helped. I'm just glad I'm hel- I've helped. Well, you left a lasting impression. Was that that school as well? I'm pretty sure Michael Walters might have been there. Sunny, Chrissy Yarren, was he there as well? Well, they, they, they definitely grew up that, together oh, in that, that, in that, in that street. street. So yeah. I presume they might have gone to school together. But what a what a footy factory that oh, was. Oh, certainly was. Back in the day, Goss, back in the day. Ash <laughs> Mantle's taken over now. But, uh, um, yeah, still haven't no, won anything. Have they found the blue chair? Have we done a check on the blue chair? The president's chair's gone missing down at East Mountain, been missing for a couple of weeks. It's 100 years old. It's a blue velvet chair where the president of the footy club sits in. It's been carved wooden. It's got EFFC. Went missing when they were having a bit of a purge down there and someone took it and they want the chair back. Put it out on Facebook. Haven't been able to find it. Let's hope it's still in good condition. Just don't go to my backyard then, Goss. We've got a thief on our hands. 21 <laughs> past six on this day coming up. Adam Gilchrist, which I didn't know was coming up, but don't tell him that. Darcy Jones and Denver Granger Barris, or Barras will join us in the studio. One possible draftee and one who's already in the system. And Brett Patton in the studio after 6.30. Tennis West CEO. Big summer of tennis, including possibly a tournament described as Hoppin' Cup on steroids. This is Shepard Goss for Scotty and Goss for Gillian Goss. Good morning. Birthdays, events, and some of the great moments in history. It's on this day. 27 past six. On this day, it is 28th of October. It is National Bandana Day for Canteen for Cancer. You've heard of this segment, I suppose, when you know you've, you know when you're around the traps, when you're sort of uh, up in Broome or uh, you know gallivanting around. They've said, "Have you taken in on this day?" 
I have, mate. I have. <laughs> I have. It's one of the first things I tune into for this segment alone. Thank you very much. If only you were talking the truth. Hank B. Marvin. Hank Later. B. <laughs> Hank B. Marvin's 81. Shadows, bit of Apache. So this is a song. It's an instrumental all the way through. So there's no, although the, yeah, there's no singing. The racing stations play this in case there's a delay behind the barriers. They play a bit of Apache. Inspiring. Marvin today is 81, part of the shadows. Terence Donovan, Australian actor, and also John Stanton, both Aussie actors, are celebrating a birthday. Terence Donovan is 80. He's uh, Jason Donovan's dad. John Stanton is 78. They both starred in a whole range of Australian shows, but they both were in Division 4. Great. TV show. You know, you have your NCISs and all that. This was TV when we had Homicide, Division 4, Matlock Police. That yeah, um, uh, would have been a great show just uh, 16 years before I was born, but um, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it would have been an absolute blast. All right, mate. Don't you start, Scott Cummings. Wayne Fontana was born on this day in 1945. He was in the Mindbenders. Come on, baby. Nice work. Bit of Wayne Fontana, whose son was a part of the Australian Indoor Cricket World Cup winning team. Thank you very much. Josh, is it Josh Fontana? It is. Thank you very much. Uh, Bill Gates, 67. Who's Bill Gates? You'll hear this sound. This will bring a... Uh, it'll come rushing straight back. We don't have that noise anymore, do we? Do we have that noise when we open up our windows? We don't, do we? There you go. That was a great, great era. That was. Have a listen again. It's so satisfying because you'd go, ah, oh, I'm in. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, no come on, Shepard. Come on, Shepard. Oh, I knew what you are talking about. All righty. Hey, Thelma Hopkins, not Thelma, Thelma Hopkins was in a TV show called Family Matters. <laughs> uh, good idea, Thelma. Can I do that? Ah, very cool. Yes, 74 today. Lauren Holly's 59. NCIS and a few others. She was in Picket Fences as well in Chicago Hope. Daphne Zuniga played Joe Beth in my favourite show of all time. Melrose Place. She was no Josie Bissett. I was a Josie Bissett fan, yeah. still am. Were you around when Melrose Place? You would have been a young little whippersnipper. Yeah, little whippersnipper, Goss. How um, old were you, Vane? Melrose Place is, uh, well, it's 90s, early 90s. Early 90s. I was born on ni- in 1991, so... <laughs> you don't remember Melrose Place. Oh, I do remember in the background. <laughs> I bet you do. Nah. Right, yeah. <laughs> 58 today. Happy birthday. Pretty woman. Pretty Walking down the street. We're running way over time. Julia Roberts is 55. Ben Harper's 53. Jokin Phoenix was born on this day in 1974. Oh, look at Chapard all of a sudden. Hey. Johnny Cash in Walk the Line. 
Joachim Phoenix. <laughs> Wait for a reaction. We'll, we'll get through these. Kieran McAvoy, who's riding in the Melbourne Cup, has ridden a couple, a couple of Cup winners, of course. Uh, Elmandon, Brew, and Cross Counter in 2018. Happy birthday to him as well. Hey, on this day, John and Yoko uh, began recording this song in 1971. I'm so Skyhooks in 1974 released their debut album Living in the 70s. In the 70s and the 28th of October, our final piece of history, happy birthday for celebrating a birthday, was that LRB and this song reminiscing peaked at number three in the US, and that's saying something back in 1979. News is next, thanks to McAfee. song on this day if you celebrated a birthday October 28th. Happy birthday to you. And just quickly, we didn't have a chance to say it, but well done to Dami Im because in 2013 she won X Factor. Oh, oh what a show. What a show that was. Remember Dami on the piano? It is, I should say. It is. is it still on? I presume it's still on. Don't look at me. <laughs> <laughs> you you strike me as an X Factor. Nah, no, no chance, mate. I don't even watch free to wear TV since getting the lemonade the class. <laughs> I haven't watched TV for two years. Hey, Dami Im, I did a function with her where she, they, there was this big thing in the middle of the um, crown in the ballroom, and it was a big, like a round thing and on the stage, and she was inside it playing the piano and it lifted up, and this was when she won X Factor, and she was massive back then. Army M. I think I think she's had a baby now. Um, wonderful talent. But anyway, we digress. Because she good? Um, oh, she's not my cup of tea, but you know. <laughs> what is your cup of tea? Uh, um, um, <laughs> 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 um, uh, Frankie Valley in the Four Seasons type stuff. Oh, oh lovely. Yeah, Ben Fabric is probably his go-to. Ben Fabric is yep. a pianist. This is some of the best work. Love it. And did you know that a woodpecker <laughs> can go that and listen, 12,000 times mm. a minute because, and they don't have, get a headache from doing it because they've only got a really small brain? Oh, I did not know that. <laughs> That's, uh, oh, no. hey, is that Fabricator's story? Or is that is this, that's real? That's real. That's real. So okay. how, how, where's the twelve thousand? So who's cackling twelve thousand a minute? Yeah, they put a put a a, a, a little little tracking G- device. G- little, yes. Okay. GPS oh, makes sense. Definitely. Little helmet. Hey, little helmet. <laughs> Keep listening to this show because you're going to learn stuff, and you'll walk away. And you go. You go back to your bride today, and you go. Did you know that a woodpecker doesn't get concussion, despite the fact that it can hit a piece of wood with its beak twelve thousand times a minute? It's a useful fact to have. Useful? Useful. Well, that's wow. what you said. <laughs> wow. We've gone completely off and we've gone rogue under Brad Shepard here today. Uh, this is an unsponsored segment. This is the Sports Update with Special K, who's the producer to the star and Brad Shepard. Very good. Good morning. Uh Sad news to start things off. Will Pukowski's future is in doubt uh, once more. The rising star of Australian cricket has opted to take indefinite leave from the game. Cricket Victoria confirmed yesterday that he had decided to take some time away. It's his third period of personal leave. They say it's not injury-related, but... 
bit of combination of everything, really. You think so? Really sad. Yeah, he is a talent, but it looks like it's becoming a bridge too far, but we wish him well in recovery. Some big results in the World Cup yesterday. Of course, uh, well, if you didn't hear it, <laughs> it was extraordinary last Mate, night here at Perth Stadium. 200,000. It's gone viral. 200,000. TikTok over 100,000. As Zimbabwe beat Pakistan <laughs> by one run. Incredible scenes. India beat the Netherlands by 56 runs. And South Africa, they got over the top of a Bangladesh. Even though you said Bangladesh were a bit of a smoky yesterday with our man Bharat, South Africa won by 104 four runs. Did they play yesterday? <laughs> yeah. You yeah. said, oh, South Africa, better watch out for Bangladesh. Got right, absolutely mate. smoked. All right, mate. I'm not, I'm not for 101 in 16.3 <laughs> overs. You were very good in the uh, in the Pakistan-Zimbabwe I enjoyed match. it last Redemption. night. And in the Europa League last night, PSV smashed Arsenal 2-0. Yeah. No good. And Manchester United beat Sheriff. 3-0. Wow. Yeah, the mighty, mighty sheriff. Uh, just quickly, more football news. Bruno Fornaroli is not in glory's squad for Sunday's game against Adelaide. And there's a mystery ongoing at the moment on the text line. We're trying to find out who that is. We'll get to the bottom of that. The text has come in and said Brad Shepard did a media piece back in 2008. Eight. 2008. Mitch Marsh was in the same class but went off and did another project. 2008, and apparently in that, they reckon that you interviewed me as part of your video presentation. Obviously, Mitch didn't want to get uh, the good grades or wasn't worried about getting good grades because the fact that he didn't join forces and come and interview yourself <laughs> clearly shows that. Shep, is it, is it Shep actually texting in off his own phone to try and get a bit of airtime <laughs> during this whole half hour oh, of I'm, I'm actually sick of just hearing gosses. I just want a bit of their me now. So <laughs> exactly. keep, keep them coming. <laughs> if anyone's got anything, just keep texting in. <laughs> <laughs> Watch this face. But Tim Gossip? I reckon I could do the show alone. I really do think. I mean, I'm sick of having co-hosts because mm. there's no co about it. Bring back Sporting Goss. <laughs> exactly <laughs> right. Uh, let's do this. So we've had Goss Lotto. We've had on this day. We've had my commentary from last night's cricket. Now, this is the segment that everyone's talking about. It's called Tim Gossip. Right. We've got a guest in the studio too who's thinking, what have I walked into? He's the boss of tennis here in WA. I've applied I applied for this job. Did you know I applied for this job about five years ago? I did not know that. Yes. Yes, Brett Patton is in the studio. I, uh, I applied for the CEO job. Oh, did you? About five years ago. You would have made a very good CEO too, guys. Oh, thank you very much. Didn't get past first base. <laughs> I got an interview and I felt really uncomfortable. <laughs> anyway, uh, well done to you. And uh, at least I know how much you're getting paid. Uh, now, Tim <laughs> Gossip. Can I just say, and it, and we don't want scurrilous stuff, when I was leaving the ground last night, there was a small blockage of the leaving traffic from the Northern Oval that has to run past the eastern side and exit the stadium. And why was there a blockage? It's because one of the police force vehicles had blown a battery, and was requiring some jumper lead help as we were leaving the stadium last night. Well, well, that, that's uh, that's good gossip. I've got something for you as well. Oh, hang now, on, now, hang now, on, hang now, on. This is, this is dating eight years ago, but along similar stories, one of our close family friends got a new HSV Commodore, souped up to the max, had it for th- had about three days, Took it to Subiaco Oval to watch West Coast play, watch myself play, and yeah, just just watch myself play. <laughs> not the team play. Hey, you learn quick talking about yourself. And um, <laughs> after the game, the car was parked at Kitchener Park there yep, the in top. a um, in a gated area. 
his car was left on bricks, every wheel gone. So he was there for a, a bit of uh, a bit longer than 20 minutes. So he had to get a cab home. How's that? At, at a sporting event, his car was left on bricks and all four wheels because they are souped up, low-profile wheels, nice room. See you later. Thanks for coming. Any, any chance the parking attendants may have noticed something scurrilous going on? Would have thought so. <laughs> <laughs> There's some Tim Gossip for you. It's only taken this long that we've finally got a decent piece in that segment. Hey, we're going to talk tennis next. There's some big things happening in the world of tennis, and it could be happening right here in Perth. Let's get a break away. It's 18 away from 7 o'clock. Tim Gossage, Brad Shepard in the SEN studio. Still to come, Adam Gilchrist, Darcy Jones, Dendra Granger, Barris, of course, and in the studio next, Brett Patton, the Tennis West CEO. If you're a Curios fan, stay tuned. is loyal to the industry and the network and that is I, Tim Gossage, because Scotty Cummings is now in Melbourne for Melbourne Cup Week. Starts with Derby Day tomorrow. Don't forget, SEN Track will have it all covered. Brad Shepard is in the studio. Are you jealous you're not? Have you been to a Melbourne Cup? I have a couple of times, Goss. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Normally, you know, not so much for the race itself, in the birdcage at the back, in the marquee. Oh, just trying to smooth. Yeah. I'm sure you Love are. Uh, I reckon you might t- take this in because you seem to know a lot about this next sport. And our guest in the studio is Brett Patton, Tennis West CEO, because we are expecting, in fact, it might have already happened, the launch, the summer of tennis in Australia. And we do think the WA, hopefully, is on the map of part of that. And that is a $23 million United Cup Teams event. And Brett Patton is a man who's been involved behind the scenes with this and he's been kind enough to join us in the studio. Uh, BP, thanks for coming in, first and foremost. Um, Nick Kyrgios puts bums on seats. That's all we care about. Certainly does, Goss, and great to be here. Good to see you too, Brad. It's, uh, you know, we've just released today the United Cup. You know, it's a mixed teams competition, the best 18 teams, men's and women across, uh, certainly in Perth, in Brisbane and in uh, New South Wales are going to come and compete for all this prize money and all these ranking points. And it's a, a wonderful new initiative. I'm really excited about that. And in today's paper, there was some mention of, you know, throwing some names around, potentially who could come across and play this United Cup in Perth. And Nick Kyrgios, the Australian team, is certainly in contention for that. So the draw will be done on November the 10th on Thursday. And we're looking forward to seeing those teams and those players that nominate and want to come out and play. So are you expecting some big names to come across? Oh, all of them. All the players. The interest between the WTA and the ATP, they're the men's and women's governing bodieship. All the players have already said that they are committed to playing the United Cup. So we'll see the best players come across. You know, the Novak Djokovic's hopefully will be allowed back in, but that's a decision between him and the federal government. Rafael Nadal, of course, we've got the best players in the world, Paula Badosa, Igor Sviatek from Poland. Wow. So they've all put their hand up to come across and play the lead-in to the Australian summer, which is going to be the United Cup in the very first week. All right. So just having a look at this, and Glenn Quartermain has penned an article, but it has officially been launched this morning. Each state will host two groups of three countries and compete in a round-robin format from December 29 to Jan 4. Each tie features two men, two women's, and a mixed doubles. It's great to get all the best in the world, but we're going to be vying for against Brisbane and Sydney to get Kyrgios. Um, you know, Djokovic could be great, Nadal would be great, but I think Kyrgios is the one we'd love to see. You're the CEO of Tennis West. It rests on your shoulders. <laughs> if you don't deliver... There is going to be issues. blood spilt. Yeah, look, I've been campaigning to get the Australian team here, no doubt about that, Goss, because he is a, he is a seller. People love to see 
Nick Kyrgios. Love yeah. him or hate him with his on-court behaviour. But gee whiz, he's an outstanding 2022, obviously making the final at Wimbledon, quarterfinals at the US Open. And he does bring a different generation of people to the game of tennis. Young 15-year-old boys, 16-year-old boys. Love watching him because he's got the swagger, he's got the style, he's got the attitude. And, you know, everyone in between just loves seeing Nick Kyrgios play. He is an incredibly talented player. Mm. And what you see on court isn't certainly the character you see off court. He's a warm, compassionate player. He runs his own foundation and, you know, he's someone that we'd love to see come to Perth and actually play in our United Cup competition for the Australian team. I was, I was one. I've been a Nick Kyrgios fan for a number of years now. Yeah, and he's is, is, is polarising in the public society. I can goss. I think you're a bit off him initially. Yeah, no, I was definitely off him. Well, okay. yeah, but 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 I reckon he was. I reckon he had some demons, and I reckon he wasn't getting the right advice, or didn't have the right group around him. I think with maturity, he knows how good he is. He is a super talent, just as an outsider looking in. I'm, this is your wheelhouse, Brett. But just, I just wish. No, I don't wish he changes. I just wish him there was respect. If he respected lines people and fans, I'd get that. But that's part of his show. It's all part of the show. I mean, he's popcorn. He's Hollywood. There's no doubt about that. And he loves his basketball too. So is yeah. that swagger about him. And we saw him break from protocol at Wimbledon where he was wearing the red cap during the um, presentation. And that goes against all protocol. It's all white over at Wimbledon. But, but is that disrespectful? Is that, is that borderline disrespectful? I think to the tradition of the game, particularly at Wimbledon. It could be seen to be disrespectful, but he marches to the beat of his own drum, Nick, and he can't be told and he won't be told. RAC Arena, I'm sure, yep. will be hosting this event. Um, so you must be pumped because, again, we describe this. This is massive coin. This is $23 million of Huge. Leading into the Australian Open, so that's why the best of the best will come down, guaranteed games. So it's got a shades of the Hopman Cup about it. It's great that I think WA could be on, on the on the map for this type of event. How confident are you of attracting some of the biggest names? And we don't want to be little brother as opposed to what's happening in Sydney and Brisbane. No, it'll be a fair draw, no doubt about that. And we will get the best players here, no question. I mean, we've got the biggest stadium. The RAC Arena is arguably one of the best tennis arenas in the world. You know, there's 13,500, 14,000 uh, opportunities for people to come through the gates. And like I said, you know, we will get the best players. We had the ATP Cup in 2020 because of COVID. We haven't had no global competition, and we had the great Rafael Nadal there. The Hopman Cup, we know what the fans in Perth thought about the Hopman Cup. They came in absolute droves for 30-plus years. The last two, we saw the great Serena Williams and Roger Federer play, and they packed out the stadium every time they stepped put onto the court. And, and we know we're going to get the best players in the world across here to WA because it is a great opportunity for us to showcase the best talent in the world in a tennis capacity, and, and we've got the best stadium. So it's going to be a wonderful event. Really excited about it. As you alluded to, it hasn't been a major tennis event in Perth for a couple of years now. How important is it to the grassroots of tennis and how, how is the, the the junior ranks coming through? Is there anyone of note coming out of WA? Oh, many great players uh, coming out of WA. In fact, two of the brightest female stars in Australian tennis uh, come out of WA from a junior perspective, Talia Gibson and Taylor Preston. And they are really incredible young athletes and they're certainly two names to watch out for. Lily Fairclough, another great junior coming out. We've got Stormy Sanders, who's in the top 10 in the world. She just won in Mexico in the doubles. She's number eight in the world in doubles at the moment. Obviously, Astra Sharma, Maddie Inglis, we saw her great run at the Australian Open third round this year. And, of course, the boys' ranks. Maddie Ebden, you know, he won the Wimbledon doubles. He's part of the Davis Cup team, made the final of the Australian Open. So the stocks in WA are incredible, and we're actually punching above our weight class. So to your question, 
Is global and world-class tennis important to grassroots? Absolutely. You know, and getting it back to our fair shores does nothing but support the growth and the excitement of those grassroots kids. I want to strip it back a little bit because football is probably a clear timeline of, you know, progression through the ranks to hopefully one day to play AFL and for tennis to be on the professional circuit. So what is the pathway from a a junior um, female or or male coming through the ranks to, to hopefully one day to go on these professional circuits? Yeah, good question. It's uh, we, have, we run a lot of junior tournaments and then that sort of progresses into the Open, so the adults. And then what we have here in WA is our Premier League event, which is our state league event. And we do a lot of broadcasting of that mm. at the moment, which we're getting a lot of publicity around. So all our best athletes that come out of juniors and sort of trying to make their name on the world stage in this Open event, they play our our Premier League event or our State League event. And then they can either rebound and go on and play at college and university. That's a big system over there. You get under a good collegiate system in tennis and you improve your game and then you can springboard into the pros or you go straight from sort of State League and sort of try to get into the ITF challenger stage and then sort of on the ATP or WTA. So there is a career pathway. And and WA, again, we've been punching out of our weight class for the best part of 10 or 15 years. The program we run at the State Tennis Centre under Lenny Cannell, who's our strength and conditioning coach, Goran Marajan, he's our high-performance coach, Mitch Playdell, has been simply remarkable over the last 10 or so years. So we are really excited by the prospects of the young juniors coming out of our academy here. And, and we've got so many great local club coaches too, and that feeds into the academy. So arguably, I think we've got pound for pound the best club coaches anywhere in the world because of the talent they're developing. I'm a thinking man, right? And I was thinking to myself, now I know you've got great funding at tennis, but you could always do with more. Oh, always. You're the CEO. Have you thought about... On big days like Derby, Derby Day, uh, Western, Derby, Western Derby Day and big cricket games like Sunday of lowering the nets and using the courts as a parking area and charging like 25 bucks a car like Claremont Football Club do during the Royal Show. We don't park them on the tennis courts, Goss, but we do. They can utilise our car pay parking here. So yeah. we do that. We, we, we derive some revenue so with sure. the cricket and with the footy out of that. We should have charged the AFL a heck of a lot more for the grand final. We gave them sort of minimum rates and uh, they sold out in seconds. But it is another <laughs> it's another stream of revenue for us. They charge everyone $1,000 a ticket and we just sort of charge them $20 a ticket. Or so. even a pre-game. Yep. A pre-game event, like a big marquee on your centre court. Imagine you... Oh, you could run that. You're, you're a thinking man. I try to be. I try to yeah, think about are. the. Uh, so this event, which is launched this morning, you're quite branch, right? Thank you. <laughs> uh, there's a look. It, it, I'm inc- I'm incredibly excited, and and I think Kyrgios would get people through the gates, as we know. What's the vibe on Djokovic? Is he going to get into Australia? What's your vibe? He wants to play. There's no doubt about that. And he wants to be back and playing. The Australian Open's been the best Grand Slam for him. He's won Mm. it the most amount of times. Look, that's a decision up to the federal government and to Novak and and his team. Uh, I know they're having discussions. And um, I think uh, hopefully they're progressing those discussions because we're all about bringing the best players across to play this event. Mm. And arguably, he's the greatest player in the men's game of all time. So we'd love to see him playing, certainly from um, from a GM standpoint of the United Cup here in WA. Um, but again, that's a matter for the federal uh, federal government and his team to make. 18 countries, each state, uh, Brisbane, uh, Queensland, New South Wales and WA will host between December 29, January 4, two men, two women's mixed doubles if required. 
It's enormous. Tickets will go on sale November 11 after the draw, November 10. We staged at RAC Arena. We'd love to get some feedback from our listeners. 13 12 55, the Toolkit Depot open line, or text 0487 736 736. If you would have some enthusiasm about such quality tennis players coming, you're up and about for it, Ship. I, am. I can't wait to sit in the stands and sit my Aperol Spritz watching watching uh, some elite <laughs> tennis players come in. And oh, I'm an I'm a, I'm a entertainer. I love the uh, um, jock... Um, so uh, curious yeah. on a, on the court, but also a tennis purist. I would love to see live a Nadal, a Djokovic, because these guys, yeah. these guys are greatness. Yeah, Federer retired. So is there only a, a small window for the near future to see these guys live? Yeah, well, I hope Venus Williams comes back. Serena, no Venus. Oh, you like Venus? I tell you why. Here we go. Robbo Gorman, who is involved at mm. Tennis Australia, who's an AFL umpire, mm. where's number ten? Uh, I was working with Channel 10. We had one year of the Hopman Cup. I remember it. And I was doing an interview with Venus Williams. And um, it was the launch of Tanasi Kokonakis. Yes. Who correct. came in for mm-hmm. John Isner, who got sure. injured. And I interviewed Venus Williams. And she was had just launched a fashion label. And she said, oh, thank you for the airtime. It was brilliant. And she goes, I'll get you a towel. A, <laughs> a towel. A signed towel. Got you a towel? Yep. Gave it to Robbo Gorman. And Robbo Gorman was unhappy that I interviewed Anna Ivanovich. In, not in the normal zone mm. and refused to give me the towel. So oh, Robo Gorman still has the towel. Umpire 10, if anyone knows him in the AFL, is a little fella. And uh, he owes me a Venus Williams towel. We've still got some merch at Tennis West, so see what I can dig around for you, guys. BP, thanks for coming in. Great man. Uh, thanks, Brett joining us, uh, Tennis West CEO. So you're going to hear more of that. It's been launched today. It's going to be a massive tournament. Tickets will go on sale November 11. It's going to be massive. Nick Kyrgios fans, uh, Nadal fans, Djokovic fans, Badosa fans, whatever they may be, Swiatek fans, get your ear and your money ready because, let me say, tennis is coming back, the summer of tennis here in Western Australia. Let's get a breakaway. Gilly's not far away. And a couple of young WA football stars of the future joining us in the studio. Basically, Pakistan's tournament, World Cup, is hanging on this ball. They lose. They're done. Evans in. Right arm around the wicket. Balls. The ball is clumped. They've got to come back. To run, they show to the keeper's end. Zimbabwe, he drops it, he gets it back. Zimbabwe win. Zimbabwe have won, and Pakistan have been rolled in Perth. The party is on for Zimbabwe. Pakistan are in total devastation. Wow, what a game! Last night here at Perth Stadium, Pakistan's tournament is now in tatters and Zimbabwe is still alive. Uh, and one man who will continue the coverage of the T20 World Cup for Fox is the best in the business and a man who sits in that chair for 30 weeks a year, and that is uh, Gilly, who is in Melbourne. And Gilly, as we welcome you, did you stay up to wee hours to watch Zimbabwe do their thing last night over here in Perth? Good morning. <laughs> Good morning, guys. Go, Shep. Um, <laughs> Best in the business, first of all. Hang on, mate. Look, I've just been flicking through a bit of social media, mate. And I think there's only one best in the business, and it's uh, it's the name T Gossage. Oh, as, you keep, as I've heard, you've been telling everybody <laughs> that wants to listen, but um, with good reason, mate. Congratulations to you on a wonderful call. Hoggy, oh, uh, geez, Hoggy gave you nothing, didn't you? <laughs> you, had, you had to list. You had to list, but you, you delivered in space oh, as you always do, Gossage. Mate. I, uh, I'm going to put my hand on my heart and say I, I did a game yesterday afternoon in Sydney um, uh, that was um, 
the first of a double header at Sydney and obviously then the after Sydney, I went over to, to you guys in Perth, and in the meantime, I flew to Melbourne uh, after my game oh, and got yeah. down here, got to the hotel, uh, watched, I was watching it, watching it, and uh, I think it was about 38 required off about 30, there or thereabouts, you know the numbers better than me, but <laughs> three down, and it was like, yeah, I'm drifting off, I'm going, I'm gone. <laughs> so, uh, and then, you know, like the rest of them, or most of the East Coast got up this morning to see that stunning result, looked at the highlights, and... Uh, Wow, it's just um, it, it's been remarkable with this tournament already for upsets, and and you just get the feeling that might not be the last. So maybe there will be a lifeline for Pakistan down the track through a a, a shock result somewhere else. But what a, what an amazing game and. Um, yeah, the entertainment plus. Well, we now focus on Australia, don't we? And tonight they play England. It's, this is one of the key marquee games of the tournament at the MCG. But it all lies in the heavens. And we know that uh, it has been wet on the East Coast. You've been a part of it, Gil. It's been up and down the coast, in particular through New South Wales and also a bit in Adelaide as well, as well as Melbourne. What's the weather looking like at uh, just before quarter past 10 on game day over there in Melbourne this morning? Yeah, well... When I left the hotel this morning uh, with the joggers on, I was uh, greeted with reasonably clear skies. But by the time I got around the can a couple of times, it was bucketing down. So um, it's uh, it's grey skies, but I must must say, just the forecast in general is suggesting that there might be some nice breaks. It's literally not raining at the moment, but yeah, it's it's grey, a little bit gloomy. It's Tell you what, it's cold, though. It's only about 13 or 14 degrees. So, sort of going to the MCG, I'm expecting to see uh, see the Eagles running out against Collingwood or something. <laughs> Not Australia v England, but we'll, we'll wait and see. But fingers crossed it clears. Yesterday in Sydney, was the forecast was sort of pretty average, and then it, it cleared beautifully and with a, a cracking afternoon and evening of cricket. So, um, yeah, let's hope it, it holds off. If the heavens do open up, What's the minimum amount of overs which constitutes a game? Because it is a big game for both sides, both having one loss already. Australia's net run rate isn't quite so flash, and England are still above them in the table. And we all know that the top two teams go through to the semi final. So, what is the minimum? Yeah, uh, five overs, Shep, is the number. So, <laughs> that's proper backyard cricket stuff, that, isn't it? <laughs> but, uh, but that's, and, and we saw down in, in Hobart. Um, in South Africa's first match against Zimbabwe, they got to uh, it became a five-over reduced game. Effectively, it got reduced to nine overs, and then got trimmed down to five. And they they were three point one overs into it innings, and they couldn't even finish the, the, the last of the five overs. So it's fine lines, but yeah, this this is effectively you would think if results go the way <laughs> that we we expect down the track, you, this is almost a knockout game. Really, it's the way it's fallen and. Uh, and with rain around, it makes it all the more challenging. I think Australia loves to chase, or we know that. Finch has stayed true to that formula at work last year in the World Cup. And, and that's the way to go when there is rain around, probably to, to chase so you know exactly what you, you're going to do. Uh, so, yeah, a huge, huge expectation on everyone. Um, the expected 80,000 crowds. So hopefully the weather doesn't wash them away, but um, a lot to look forward to. There's been a bit of noise around about selection, about certain players out of form, players shouldn't be in the side. What's your opinion? Do you reckon they stick with the same lineup tonight? I think they will. I think they'll... Uh, I guess the first first point to that, and as you know, mate, from the amount of top-level sport you play, not everybody is always in touch and getting results at the same time. It's just the nature of sport, team sport. But 
and even more so in T20 cricket, you, you don't need that. I mean, Marcus Stoinis did prove that last, well, three or four nights ago in Perth, that even with his captain at the other end battling away and just fighting for his cricketing life, um, it only takes one player in a T20 game to come off. And Stoinis did that, completely flipped that game on its head and, uh, and they win. So very rarely is everyone in, um, in good touch at the same time delivering results. And, and typically... You know, if, you, if your top order, your top three are scoring mountains of runs, all of a sudden people start criticising the middle order because they're not, you know, they haven't produced many results and then they get nipped out a couple of times. But that's because they're not getting the chance because the top order are getting the runs. So it's a delicate balance. But I think the same team will play bowling. There's been a couple of little comments around Pat Cummins possibly, but again, if you know, if, if he's not getting it done, someone else is, and that's been the way of this team for a little while. So. They all know that they're, they're just tight margins in this format. And the longer the game, the more chance you've got to recover. And vice versa, the shorter the game, you can get exposed. So uh, I think they'll stay with the same team, Shep. I, I think they'll try and show confidence. Matt Wade has COVID, mm-hmm. but believes that he is uh, really minor symptoms and, and he's going to be fit to play. But, but what I will say on the back of that, I have slipped down to Puma. <laughs> I've got myself a fresh set of keeping gloves. I broke them in last night and I'm ready. Um, um, yes, and you would do a, a fantastic job. Hey, I'm looking at the radar right now and I'm looking at the uh, 256-kilometre radar, the massive yeah. front that's crossing Melbourne right now, then there's a gap, and then the next front is coming through Geelong, but behind that, there's nothing. So I have a sneaking right. suspicion, albeit you've got a double header there, the first one they might not get through, but tonight's game... I'm no weatherman, but I have a sneaking suspicion I can read radars, and I reckon we might get tonight's game up and running with no damage. Oh, that would be brilliant. That would be brilliant. I like this Gostradamus <laughs> at, at his finest. He normally leaves it for the races, but uh, he's known for the weather. And what the, you know, the moral to my story about my run, yeah. don't run. Don't go no, running. No, so that's it's stupid. Bad for your health, not only it's bad, that. It's bad for cricket. Not only that. Not only did you say, oh, yeah, the tan – you said a couple of times around the 10. That, mate, that's just arrogance. You don't do a couple of rounds. You do one around the 10 and that's it. Yeah, might have been a bit of mail on that. Gosh, but anyway, that's, uh, I just snuck it through there just, to, just for those that are uneducated to think I'm pretty good at it. Uh, yeah, mate, um, just in regards to the, the coverage, it's absolutely brilliant. I mean, I can't imagine the behind-the-scenes logistics of it. And, you know, people don't understand when you're a commentator, you uh, not, not for radio for, as such, but for, for TV, you've got a director, a director's assistant telling you what camera, go to here, go to there, go to what, go to this, go to that, and they're constantly talking in your ear. Um, you work for Fox predominantly. This is a, an ICC uh, broadcast event. Is it different, Gilly? Is it different behind the scenes and what you're used to and how are you coping with that? Oh, mate. <laughs> it's a bit like, uh, actually, it's reminding me a bit of like the IPL when I first went to the IPL, the Indian Premier League, and you go there and you've had all your cricket in your own sort of cultural environment and then you're in the Australian team, you know, fortunate to be in the Australian team for 10, 12 years and, you, and you've got your structures and your methods. And then you go to the IPL and you've got six or seven different nationalities, about five different languages within your team. You've got people coming in from all different backgrounds and, 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 um, and types that are, are there, different opinions. And it all gets thrown in the mix. It's been a bit like that, actually. You've got, uh, you're on air, you're trying to talk and describe something and then you've got a, a director 
it's the first time they've worked with the producer, who's the first time they've worked with the uh, assistant director, and, and they're all talking to you at the one time, trying to tell you to do something while you're trying to talk to someone out on TV. So, um, so anyway, hopefully it's coming across oh, it's okay. Beautiful. But it's it's, it's beautiful. been an awesome experience. It, it, it is, as you know, Goss, um, you know, over three decades in the industry, you're, you're always learning. You're always just finding out something new and, and then, but the beauty of it all, and as you yourself, you captured it so wonderfully for all the listeners, it, live sport, it just never ceases to deliver and you can you never know what you're going to get and that's the beauty of it and that's what makes it so exciting yeah. to be a part of. Well, well put. I mean, it, it, people don't understand, it's not just blokes with microphones or men and women with microphones. It is so much happening behind the scenes. I will say this, self-indulgent as I can be, uh, I met Ian Bishop last night. What a beautiful human being. I, I chatted to him with five <laughs> minutes talking about West Indies cricket. He was very circumspect. He was very measured. But what a beautiful man. Is he Is he one of not the nicest people you've met in cricket, Gil? <laughs> He wasn't real nice when he was charging him with a little red pill and he trying to bowl 150 at you. But I tell you what, I've got to know him since, and absolutely, he's uh, he's a gentle giant, one of the one of the fine statesmen of the game now. And, and again, that's the beauty of working alongside so many different nationalities and, and catching up with people like you know Sean Pollock, who used to also run in and knock my off stump over for front and worked with him yesterday, and Dale Stain and Sonny Gavaskar, yeah. Yeah, there's some good people out there. I don't know if Hoggy's hat is worse or Danny Morrison's, but anyway, I'll leave that to the listeners and the viewers. <laughs> hey, Gilly, uh, KO has every match of the World Cup ad break free in play. Watch it exclusive to Fox Cricket. It's available on KO. We appreciate you coming on, mate. Uh, Camo's filling in for you, but he's now in Melbourne with you for the races. Shep's in off the bench. It's a rotating uh, seat, mate. But, uh, mate, have you, got the, have you got the Aussie game tonight? Have you got the game? Yes. Yep. Game on, mate. Good stuff. Thanks for joining us, mate. Legend. See you, boys. Adam Gilchrist joining us there. Gilly, one of the all-time good fellas, the Fox commentator, of course, and as we say in the headlines, occasional SENWA breakfast co-host. And uh, the radar, so have you noticed the radar I've put up? So there, so this is good radio for people, right? So there, see that big yellow, blue and stuff? That's Melbourne in there. So that's over Melbourne as we speak. Then there's a gap, a little bit of showers, then there's this front coming through Geelong and Avalon and Point Lonsdale, and that's the way that's going. But behind that, what does that look like? Looks fine, mate. Elsewhere. Have you ever noticed that? All weather reporters? Not that I have any experience with weather reporters, <laughs> but they, uh, they say elsewhere is fine. So if you're, if you're in elsewhere, it's got to be fine. <laughs> Very good. Nice work by you. Yeah, boom, dish. I like it. Uh, uh, can we get the investigative journalist on the case? Because we have found out... Who is texting some background knowledge of a young man's media um, assignment? 2008, do we have some investigative music here just because we might have uncovered? Mm. Okay, Pink Panther. <laughs> right, you've done some homework. You don't. You, you didn't recognise the mobile number, so just saying, it's just, let's just repeating. Um... From our listeners, rumor has it. I'm enjoying the new show. Here we go. So the text came in. Enjoying the new lineup, guys. Gone full circle here. Rumor has it. Tim Gossip. Shep interviewed Goss for a Year 12 media project in 2008. This was then backed up with. Rumor has it. Mitch Marsh was also part of that media project. Goss just kickstarting careers. Now we've done some digging. You've done some digging. Would you like to reveal who you think that number and those texts belong to? Well, there can only be one man, Timmy Gossage, and his name is Andrew Snow. 
He was... I can say now, only reason why I know that, because I just I just got told about 20 minutes ago, he was the brains trust. He really? was the producer, the ideas man. He made, he made it click. He made it work. I was the talent. Mitch. Oh, hello. Sorry, you were what? <clears throat> you didn't hear me? I was the talent of the shows. I was, I was the one interviewing yourself. I was the one going on, on Subiaco Oval, talking about the great game of Australian rules football, talking about the home of football, which was... Subiaco Oval at the time, and it's just the memories that come flooding back. <laughs> that was a great time in my life, Goss. Good on you, Snowy. Nice work by you, the ball, Snowball, as we like to call him. Some other useless bits of information about young men coming through. We used to have a giant check on the Western Front footy show, and we used to hand the check in for the player of the year, and the check would just appear. This massive check would come. Who was handing in the check? A young man by the name of Paddy Sweeney who now is Channel 9 doing well in his uh, reporting and uh, weekend presenting. Paddy Sweeney was check boy. And did you know that... <laughs> check boy. Check boy. Did you know that Rick the Rock Eagle... Yep. ...who is the Eagle at the West Coast Eagles games, and the original Rick the Rock Eagle, the man inside the... Rick, oh, sorry, kids, if you're listening. There's a person inside the Rick the Rock Eagle suit. Michael Genovese. Michael Genovese, Channel 9 US reporter, now major presenter, former Subiaco Colts captain, was Rick the Rock Eagle in an earlier life. Don't say you don't learn stuff here on Scotty and Goss, without Gilly, but with Shep, if you know what I mean. 24 past seven, some young men who are carving out and keen to carve out football careers about to join us. Darcy Jones from the Swan Districts Football Club and Denver Granger Barras is coming in. He's played a handful of games with Hawthorne. We're going to find out his journey and Darcy Jones' journey next. This is Shep and Goss, 25 past seven. So far, it's been a lot of me, me, me time uh, between myself and Shep. Another half hour to go. News just around the corner, thanks to Maccas. And don't forget, uh, Greyhound Racing is big. Get your friends together to share the thrill and the cost of owning a Greyhound. Enjoy the social experience of watching your dog race with your mates and members at your social club, sporting club, or even workplace. You can have up to 20 owners in a Greyhound. You own racehorses. It's Ray Day's going around at Ascot tomorrow. Uh, Do you ever, ever own a Greyhound? I've got a couple of greyhounds, Goss, actually. <laughs> I, had a gray, I had a greyhound at race for the million dollar um, chase a couple of years ago. Did it was against that? Tommy uh, Tommy Shelby. Did you really? And I was I was uh, supporting um, <laughs> his name was Wallbanger. And um, <laughs> and I put on my socials and got absolutely criticized for not supporting the local WA based oh. Thomas Shelby. Oh, and I was no. like, oh hang on a second. You know, I'm a chance to win a share in a million dollars here. So I'm, I'm cheering on Wallbanger. Well, finished, like, finished fifth. Worst thing that ever happened to me, not worst thing ever, and one of the worst things, when I was uh, working at Channel 10, we had play of the day and the owners of Tommy Shelby were watching Tommy Shelby race and they were jumping around in the lounge room and it went viral about their reaction to it and how much they love him. The, the greyhound lives in the house and blah, blah, blah. Well, all the anti-greyhound people then queued up and they protested out the front of the studio as I walked out. And I thought, yeah, all I said was... Get a life. Uh, Greyhound <laughs> Racing. We race every Monday, Wednesday, Saturday. Greyhounds WA Cannington. Greyhound Racing. You'll love it. Hey, two young men in the studio. Just going to say hello to them now before we go to the news and have a chat to them after. Uh, Darcy Jones, who's hoping, fingers crossed, a young boy from Swan Districts, uh, was one of the stars of the uh, AFL Draft Combine and Denver Granger. Now, I'm going to get this right. Denver, if you can. Do you say Barris or do you say Barras? Barris. You say Barris too? Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, hey, there you go. Learn something every day. So you, because Tommy Barris says Barris, as in M. Barris, 
And a lot of people say Denver Granger Barass. Barass, yeah, I get Barass a lot. I got um, I got what did I get called? I got Gringa Barass once. More on you and your Hawthorne experience. And Darcy, welcome. Are you incredibly excited <clears throat> about what could possibly be ahead, or are you just remaining very sort of grounded at the moment? Oh, uh, a bit of both, really. Um, I don't know. I'm not really thinking about it too much. Um, kind of just. Starting to get into pre-season again, and I think I'll start to worry about it more like the week of, I'd say. So, kind of. Oh, that's exciting times, and, and, and Denver's sort of been down that track in regards to draft time. Hey, boys, we're just going to get away with some news and come back. I'm going to chat to you more. Any questions for the young men, please let us know. So, uh, Darcy Jones, of course, who's a part of the WA talent pool that goes into the draft very, very shortly, and Denver Granger Barris. We learn something every day uh, in the studio. Get in touch, 0487 736 736, or give us a call, Toolkit Depot, open line 13 12. 55. It's Friday, it's Friday, it's Friday. Is that Friday? Is that, is that from you? Look at you, this is, this is your wheelhouse. This is you over in Italy. Uh, our guests are Darcy Jones, young man from Swan Districts. Only a little fella, let me tell you, but he has certainly got some uh, positive work at the NAB AFL Draft Combine because he broke Stephen Hill's 14-year record in the agility test with a run of 7.7. Yes, thank you. And a man we call DGB. It is Denver Granger Barris, and he is in the studio. 16 games uh, with Hawthorne, and uh, he's just locked away a new deal. Mm, yeah, two more years. Nice work by you. Uh, straight away, one of our regulars, Scotty from Bayswater, has texted in, and he says, uh, could you ask DGB the thoughts on the departure um, of, uh, of Tom Mitchell and Jager O'Meara, of course, Jager West Aussie, now with Fremantle, and Tom Mitchell had a link to WA, now at Collingwood. What's your thoughts on, on, on those guys? Clearly a turnover of the list and trying to a, um, change the demographic. Yeah, I think we're going to be the youngest team in uh, the league next year. So it's sad to see some experience go, but, you know, hats to those guys. Hopefully they can go over to the new clubs and enjoy it. Tommy Mitchell at Collingwood, the real young list, and I know they'll enjoy that. And then Jager back home, he'll be happy. So... As long as they're happy, I'm happy. But and Jager's a good go. person, isn't he? Ripper. Ripper bloke. Couldn't couldn't speak higher of many people. He's so welcoming. Dongra boy, WA lad. So, yeah, to have him go sad, but, you know, to watch him late is good as long as he's happy. Yeah, it's a, I've met with Jager over the off-season. I ran into him in Italy, and at that stage, he had no inkling that he was going to be out of the club. Mm. But mm. Um, I think it's good f- for both club and play, if that's the way Hawthorne are going through with, um, you know, that, talk about the age demographic. But it's good for Jager as well. I think Freeman are right in that wheelhouse to run for the premiership, so hopefully he can add something. But talk about yourself now. So, key defender, how have you found your first, I guess, handful of games at the AFL level in comparison to the VFL, VFL and also back over in the state leads here in WA? Yeah, it's been interesting. It's been a – I thought – I said to everyone before my draft, playing senior footy with Waffle – oh, it's going to get me ready for AFL, you know, bigger bodies, ex-AFL players, I'll be sweet. And then you go to the next level and these blokes are training every day, gymming every day, and you're just like, these guys will bench press you and it's no worries. So, yeah, to to step up to that level is pretty exciting. But, yeah, I mean, I learned so much playing 18s as a bottom ager, 18s as a top ager, uh, and then, yeah, playing playing waffle amongst blokes like Corey Galt, who's ex-Collingwood, and uh, we got to the club undersized, similar to me. So just to pick his brains and figure out what, what I could try and do recovery-wise, uh, fuel-wise in terms of putting on weight, things like that. So it just gives you a little leg up and hopefully Darcy gets to experience the same thing. So in this period of time, you've come in as a key defender. So what's your role in the 
senior side at the moment. Is that that hybrid third tall or straight tackling the big key forwards in the comp? <laughs> yeah, I've had my I've had my go on the talls and the big guys. I played on uh, Lynch, Tom Lynch for Richmond, and um, he kicked eight that day. So it wasn't all on me. So I just put put my hand up real quick. But um, yeah, he had a field day, so it sort of gave me a good um, adjusting point as to where I was sort of at. So yeah, similar to playing, um, yeah, third tall, like you said, played on Cody Waitman with had Bulldogs, um, but then also had the ability to switch on to Norton for a little bit, Bruce. So. Um, yeah, I want to be versatile for not only my, my my teammates, but for Sam as well, for Sam Mitchell, so that he can fit me into a squad and give me a job each week and and expect uh, it's going to come out the way he wants it. So I love it. The job each week. It's a true defender. I used to be exactly the same as yourself. But if it makes you feel any better, I played a lot of footy with, uh, with Eric McKenzie and Will Schofield. Yeah. And Eric McKenzie, early part of his career, used to get Bags kicked on him. And I remember a famous day of the MCG against Richmond in 2010. I think Scoey had 10 kicked on him by three-quarter time from Jack mm-hmm. Rewalt. So, um, you know, in some esteemed company, and I know they, they weren't all on you. I know today's footy, that's not the case. But Sam Mitchell, how's he been? I've played under a year with him when he was the West Coast midfield coach. But what's his philosophy on the game and how engaging is he with the group? Yeah, I don't think you'll find many smarter men out there in terms of footy IQ. He's, his knowledge of the game and his understanding, um, the way he critiques himself and his game plan, it's like, it's otherworldly. So to have someone like that at the helm and, and controlling your footy journey, it's a serious blessing because, you know, I had Clarko the year before, which was amazing, and his knowledge is also crazy. And then you come in with Sam, who is just so hands-on and wants to get the best out of each individual person, but also out of himself. So... There's been times, especially this year, where we've we've had things that we haven't liked him saying in terms like maybe it's a three-quarter time huddle and he's come out and said something that, you know, didn't really resonate with the boys, we're down by a lot. So we give him that criticism the next day and then you just know that it's never going to happen again and he's going to do the best thing right. for the team. So to have a coach like that at the front is... It's pretty good. Two-way feedback. Denver Granger Barris is in the studio. And so too, a young man, Darcy Jones, who's Swan District footballer. Um, let me just say, you made your league debut for Swans this year. All-Australian under 18. Colts, fairest and best. How many games did you play? Uh, I played six games of Colts, I think. So. <laughs> and you won the fairest and best? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I said this to Cummings, Scotty Cummings. I don't know if that says a lot about the rest of the group or how good you are. But anyway, we'll I'll take say, it. I'll say option two. I'll take it option two as well. Now... We've, been, we've done our research on your Darcy. You're only 63 kilos, 175, so you're only a little fella. 63 kilos, are you, are you getting bigger? Yeah, yeah, certainly. Um, I tend to lose a lot of weight at the end, or I've tend to, yeah, I've kind of, I'm at my lightest at the end of the season. So, um, yeah, start of the season's when I'm at my heaviest, and, um, yeah, I'm kind of midway through that transition now. So, yeah. All righty. Um, you work at a sports store off the field. Is this all true? And yeah. you help your mum out at kindergarten. Yeah, well, yeah, it's not exactly that. So she's like an EA assistant, so she helps like special needs kids. Yeah, beautiful. Um, so I pretty much just do relief work there, just helping out doing that. So pretty much teach them to like read, write, all that sort of stuff. Fantastic. Um, so yeah, I think I think mum kind of likes that job. It's pretty rewarding seeing the kids kind of, um, you know, kind of learn and grow up kind of thing. Um, and I also do COVID cleaning at the same primary school, so. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty basic. It's actually really good for my footy. So, um, like, I literally start at nine, finish at one, and I'm just pretty much just like wiping like railings, desks, all that sort of stuff. So, just highly touched services. So, don't change. 
Yeah. Do not change. Become a footballer. Do not change because that is a beautiful way of looking out and uh, helping mum and, and helping special needs and helping out. Uh, it is remarkable. Well done by you. How excited are you? Draft not far away. Are you excited? One, you're managing Tommy Seckle and the crew. Uh, yeah. Where are you at in regards to where you want to go? Do you care for one and how much interest has there been? And are you being kept abreast of the interest? Um yeah, it's been a fair bit of interest, but um, honestly, I I really don't care where I go. I think um, I think if you're lucky enough to get picked up, you should be grateful and happy to go wherever. Um, I feel like the club's kind of invested in you and kind of see their future around you, so I feel like you kind of got to do them the favour, like repay the favour kind of thing. So, um, yeah, I don't really mind, but, um, yeah, Tommy and um, like Hemisphere, they've all been real good for me and um, kind of kept me grounded throughout the season and, um, yeah, been real good. I've got a feeling he's not going to get, big, get a big head, this fella, <laughs> this young man. Well, it, it changes the best of them, Goss. Oh, nah, oh, good on you, Hollywood. <laughs> Do you have a particular player where you try and model your game on, past or present? Um, yeah, so it's it's a bit weird. I get this asked, asked this question a fair bit. And um, it kind of, I've got a fair few different ones because like, I've played forward, midfield, wing. Um, I've played like, pretty, oh, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> pretty much played every position and... Um, it's not one singular player I kind of model my game on. So um, if I'm in the forward line, maybe like a, um, I don't know, like Shea Bolton, he's kind of like my height, but he's obviously a bit, bit slower than me. Um, so, yeah, kind of like him. Uh, I love like, that. A, a bit slower than you. Shy is, is electric. Oh, no, 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 no. Wait, what am I saying? Solid. Solid, yeah. Solid. Yeah. Solid. Yeah. Solid. Yeah. Yeah. Slider. Yeah. 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 No, no, no. no, no. Oh, yeah. I was thinking you were a wheel. Yeah. I'm excited yeah. to see you. No, no, he's, um, yeah, <laughs> what I meant to say is um, he's a bit slower than me. So, um, yeah, probably like a Brad Hill on the wing maybe. Just like nice and quick, likes to take the game on. Um, yeah, use his pace. Yeah, no, so Can't so. complain about that. You, uh, If you're uh, half as good as those footballers who have achieved plenty in their time. Stay with us, boys. We're going to take a break. Uh, Denver, Granger, Barris and Darcy Jones in the studio. A young man who's already on an AFL list and doing good things, just re-signed with the Hawks for two more years. And Darcy Jones, a young man from Swan Districts, and let's hope he gets his opportunity in the draft. Let's get a break. It's 16 away from 8 o'clock. This is Shep and Goss. Chirping going on in the studio in the ad break, and it's not Darcy Jones that we tell you. He's just sitting there very quietly looking at his future. But the other bloke, DGB, we like to call him, Denver Granger Barris. Now, I've received a text. I'm nervous. Yeah, well, so I'm you should nervous. be after canning me in the break. Uh, <laughs> could you please ask Denver about being one and a half hours late for his Waffle League debut for Swan Districts? Oh, no. Would you like to share some news on that? That's a what funny story. Happened? It's a funny story. I wasn't an hour and a half late. Well, just a quick correction. According to this person here, who I think would know... Oh, I want to know who it is now. I'll, I'll give you a call you, after. Me, give me your version. Um, <laughs> it's a bit of a story. It's it's not much, but um, yeah, I was I was heading to the waffle game, and and as per Colts, the regime was you were there an hour before, just before an hour before, so you can do your thing. And it was I got I call on a Thursday. I was walking into my job at Macca's, and Pickers called me, um, Adam Pickering. And he just said, you know, you're playing this weekend. Yeah, and that was well it. That was it. So he was a league debut. And I was like, oh, I'm off to work night shift at Macca's. <laughs> and so I'm thinking everything's the same. Rock up an hour before. And I think Pickers' things was two hours before. Or maybe been an hour and a half or whatever it was. Um, but I ended up, it was at East Fremantle Oval. And I ended up. Great spot. Um, yeah, very, very good <laughs> oval. 
I ended up being late that day anyway because we couldn't get a car out of the um, driveway. Dad, Dad lives in Gooseberry Hill, which has got steep, stupid driveways. So, hang yeah. on, sexy, you, you're passing on the blame. No, no, no. <laughs> hey, as a, as I'm not, I was driving. I was driving. Oh no, I wasn't. Dad was driving. Um, yes, yeah, so I didn't have control of maps and all these other things. But yeah, no, I ended up being late. But funny story. So, got a whack for being late to my debut game. Did my shoulder. In that game, oh, tackling of like my only tackle for the day. We got him holding the ball though, so that's sweet. Um, <laughs> did my shoulder and then was made to run water for the game after because that was the thing. If you were late or last one there before um, the le- uh, before the league game, you had to run water for the resis after. Or it might have been the next week. I can't remember. Have to have been the next week. So you, but yeah. you're injured anyway, so that made you run water. Yeah. Oh, I had to do it the next week because I was late. But at that yeah, point, I don't think I was in. That's, yeah. that's not a very auspicious. That's an auspicious. Uh, <laughs> and thank you to Pickers for texting yeah, in. Pickers, how are you? It's good uh, to... All right, quick fire question. We've got two minutes to hit the boys with some quick fire stuff. So I want to go one with Darcy. Club you supported as a junior? Yeah, um, West Coast all my life. Um, been a member at West Coast for about ten years, so I go to all their home games. So, so if um, West Coast come knocking on the door. Oh. That's your preferred club to go to. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't say preferred, but yeah, obviously it'd be. I'd I'd love it, and so would my family. But yeah, not. I wouldn't. I don't know. I don't have a preferred club, so. Good yeah, think, answer. Yeah, he's too yeah. diplomatic for me. Answer. He, he, off here, he was saying West Coast. Oh, oh, yeah. the West Coast. Oh, you give me a I'm done. I'm retiring. I'm going to stay at Swan Districts. He did not say that. He did not say. Hey, what about that? Nat knew he's in the twilight of his career just to be on the ground with Nick Nat. Oh, mate, that'd be so surreal. Yeah, that'd be, obviously, as a kid, every kid growing up, Nick Nam he's like the every kid's hero. So, um, yeah, that'd be pretty crazy for sure. So, DGB, hidden talents. Do you have a hidden talent? No. I'm the most boring man you'll ever meet. <laughs> Can you sing? I got told I, I sound good singing on mute. So, when, when you turn the music off, yeah, no, what I sound horrible. Like what? Yeah. <laughs> Any other sports? So, we'll start... We'll start DGB, then we'll go to Das. Cricket. I played cricket growing up, and I was a hack and a fast bowler, and then everyone else caught up, and I dropped it. Das? Uh, yeah, like footy, basketball, little athletics, um, tennis. Oh, the list goes yeah. on. Jack of all trades. Yeah, yeah, did them all. Right. Uh, boys, brilliance. Yeah, very much a bit of individual brilliance. Uh, we're around the ground, thanks to Rainbird. Rainbird, the intelligent use of water. Thanks for coming in. We really appreciate it. A young man getting out of bed before 7 o'clock is really special it's these days. Nice work from you. Hope you can get your car out of the driveway. Das, all the very best, young man. You're a fine young man, and uh, the mail is that uh, you're one of the most exceptional young men going around. You've shown your wares on the field, and you're showing it off the field. All the very best in the draft coming Thanks up. a lot. Appreciate Darcy it. Jones, Denver, Granger, Barris. Let's get a break away and come back and wrap things up. This is Shep and Goss for Scotty and Goss, who fills in for Gillian Goss. Thanks to Tommy Seckle and the Hemisphere Management for getting the boys in. And uh, how good, how good were they, the young fella, uh, Denver, Granger, Barris, of course. And Darcy Jones, what a fine young man, very grounded. And let's, uh, I'm sure he's going to stay that way. We're just hearing down the line that Ben Simmons has just airballed a layup. Wow. Ben Simmons or Tim Gossage? Thanks for your company. Uh, Shant, we'll have you in the studio Monday? Yep. You'll be back Monday. Monday, Tuesday, Friday next week. I'm in the studio. Any chance we can get a regular co-host? What is going on? Who's the other bloke coming in?
Hamish Brayshaw. So we're, he's joined at the hip with Will Schofield at the moment. Let's hope he can break himself away to come into the studio. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the cricket. Enjoy Derby Day. This has been Shep and Goss for Scotty and Goss for Gillian. Goss.